Good morning. Um, the readings this morning is just one from the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 to 24. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 to 24, which actually is a whole chapter. The collection for the saints. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up, as you may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I'll send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now, just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door of effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he's doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I'm expecting him with the brothers. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at his will. Sorry, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has opportunity. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now I urge you, brothers, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Be subject to such as these, and to every fellow worker and labourer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaeus, because they have made up for your absence. For they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such people. The Church of Asia sends you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All the brothers send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be a curse. O Lord, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13 is our text verse. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, Act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. And I also have our topic about these words. Be on guard, firm in your faith, strong, and do everything in love. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, it's never easy to say goodbye. The thought of saying goodbye hurts. 
And still every one of us had to say goodbye at one stage in our life. We had to say goodbye if we are immigrants, like myself. Not to know when you will see your loved ones again. Sometimes we have to say goodbye to a loved one in a hospital bed. Knowing that we will see them again in heaven. But still it hurts. It hurts so much. Why do I say we will see them again? With the goodbye on the deathbed, there's much comfort. And that was 1 Corinthians 15, where the Apostle Paul gave the ultimate comfort of we, why we don't have to fear death and the goodbye to our loved ones that are facing death. 1 Corinthians 15, he said, Death is defeated by the resurrection. And therefore, we can confess with Paul at the grave of every believer, O death, where's your victory? O death, where's your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. And we can know that death is a defeated enemy because of Jesus' resurrection. Paul almost taunted death. Death has no power over the person who was found in Jesus Christ. We are no longer subject to the penalty of the Lord, death, and we are set free from sin. Sin was the ultimate cause of death, and Jesus defeated death. All glory to him. But it's not only the goodbyes and the deathbed that hurts. It can also be when a child is leaving their home. A dear friend moves to another city and leaves the church community. Why does it hurt so much? We are part of a community. That's how we were created. And when distance breaks our community, it also breaks our hearts. And so the Apostle Paul had to say goodbye many times to many believers, to the churches. He had found it. And there were tears because of his ministry. Because it would probably be the last time they would ever see. And when Paul left the Ephesian elders to go to Jerusalem, they cried. They embraced Paul. They kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face again. That's Acts 20 verse 38. And when Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians, he was still in Ephesus, longing to see the Corinthians, hoping to spend some time with them, if the Lord permits, but still planning to stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a wide door for effective work he has opened to me, he says. There are many adversaries, verse 16. But still, look, still he planned to see the Corinthians. And in this last chapter of his first letter, he gave his concluding remarks what, for them what to do. What would be your concluding remarks? Someone is saying their goodbyes. From a parent to a child, it would be a prayer to hold on to the instructions of your parents. To be safe. 
For my girls do not date safe. Strangers and, and unsavory characters, and so for my boy as well, and I'm grateful that he, that he listened to my advice. For a friend would be not to be a stranger. This is how we greet someone. And so the Apostle Paul was really practical in his concluding instructions. He encouraged the Corinthian church to be faithful with their collections. He mentioned that when he arrives, he will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. The collection was an obligation. We are still doing collections today. From the Lord, James 1 verse 27, part of the worship service on the first day of the week, the Sunday, when the church came together. And everyone was required to do so. Each of you is to put something aside, because we are a community. And so Paul made some practical arrangements, but only if the Lord permits. That's the principle behind it all. We should make plans and plans for the future, but only if the Lord permits. Paul left all his plans up to the will of the Lord. He also told them that Timothy will visit them, urge them to put Timothy at ease for he is doing the work of God. This repeats Paul's later, later words to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 verse 12. Apparently Timothy was suffering from a lack of confidence. And it was important for God's people not to take advantage of that. It was important for Timothy to never give others a reason to despise him. Paul gave many practical arrangements about Apollos that will visit. But it's the following words that we should focus on. These are the most important things that Paul wanted to tell. The words in verses 13 to 14 are Paul's assurance to them, a summary of what they should do as God's church, his congregation. Also what we should do as God's church, his congregation. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. These words of Paul's sermon also the words from our Lord Jesus Christ in Mark 13. And after a lengthy letter, it's a great encouragement for Christians. What should we do? So let us focus on these words. In a sense, each of these words means the same thing, simply saying it differently. Christians are to be like strong soldiers on guard, watching for their Lord's return. That's the first thing. Be watchful. To be on guard is what Christians should do, how we should live. And these are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ in Mark 13 verse 33. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. To be on guard is to expect Jesus to return on every, any day or any given moment. And Jesus himself explained that in Mark 13 verse 34. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, 
and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. And we should be on guard. Keep watch. Because we don't know the time when Jesus will return. Let me give you a practical example. When a student knows the exact date and hour of an exam, the temptation is there to leave it to the last minute. Or that big job, not even a student, that you need to be, that need to be completed. But when that teacher tells you that you need to be prepared, because on any day you can expect an exam, that student is living in the shadow of the exam, and they will be likely to prepare every day. And so it is with Jesus' return as well. We do not know the exact hour and minute, and therefore we need to be on guard and alert and expect the Lord any day. There's a legend about Pompeii, the city which was destroyed by a volcano in the year 79 before Christ. And this volcano was so sudden and unexpected that people were caught up in their daily activities. But one of the most remarkable things that were recorded was the body of a soldier still standing on guard until the very end. He did not move. The work of the guard was a very important one in the Bible. They had to protect. They had to warn the people from danger, secure the people against surprise attack or injury. Be on guard. The Lord tells us. And the fact that we don't know the time and hour and will be on guard motivates us as the Lord's church to be busy with the work that Jesus entrusted to us. What is this work that we should be busy with? In this context, Paul said to stand firm in the faith and to proclaim the gospel. And to do this, we shall study God's word so that we as good servants of Jesus Christ grow in knowledge and experience the truth of the faith in our Lord Jesus. But how should we do this? In Christian unity. Philippians 1 verse 27, in the Lord himself because it's the Lord's church. Philippians 4 verse 1, and in the teaching of the apostles. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 15. All these things, we should stand firm in our faith. On God, unmovable. It's also clear, do not be deceived by false teachers, but stand firm in your faith, grounded by God's word. Continue seeking God, embracing the truth of God's word. And it was quite relevant in this letter the Apostle Paul reminded them that some in the church were questioning the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 15, verse 12. And therefore they are to be watchful, being act, act, active and standing firm in their faith. Chapter 15, verse 58, Paul said, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Be steadfast. Steadfast in the word. 
and we must not be moved from the firm foundations of our faith in Jesus. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. And the congregation knew that, and Paul told them that in this letter in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's our foundation. Stand firm in that foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason we exist as God's church. And we should be busy with the gospel. And if a congregation is built on anything else than Jesus, it will disappear. Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11 to 14, For no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds in a foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. That's the question for our church. Is our church built upon Jesus? Do we do the worship services, the work of the deacons, the elder, the preaching, because we love the Lord, we are committed to His glory, and we are standing firm in our faith? There will be tough times, when we are building on Jesus, the stream will come. There will be hard times for members of the congregation. Our works will be tested. Our congregation faith and unity will be tested. And it is in our times gender issues, doctrinal differences. But we will stand strong because we return to the words. To our foundation, Jesus Christ. It's built on Jesus, built on God's word, and in Jesus alone we can be steadfast in our faith. Strong and courageous. That's the next point Paul said. The third thing. Jesus and through his spirit we can act like men and be strong. The third admonition. To act like men should be understood as to be courageous. Literally show yourself as men. Powerful. And the Corinthians had to be strong in the ever-present danger of persecution. And so the Apostle Paul himself faced danger at every turn. Second Corinthians 11 verse 26. And because we all face sufferings, Second Corinthians 1 verse 6, we are encouraged to be strong and courageous, to have courage as God's church. It's very important to note that this is how the Lord Jesus Christ encouraged Paul and how he encourages the congregation now. Paul was in jail in Acts 23 verse 11, the deepest despair. And he was a great man, but still just a man. And he needed to be assured that he was not alone. And then out of the Lord's grace, Jesus showed up in his cell, just when he needed him the most. Paul was exhausted, discouraged. He wanted to preach out, to preach the Great Commission, the life-saving gospel. But now he was in jail. And while he was in jail, our Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him and said to him, Take courage. 
As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. And this is how Paul now encouraged the congregation. Take courage. Be encouraged. And therefore, Paul said to that church, but also our church this morning, take courage, brothers and sisters. Even if you suffer, even if your view of the future is dark, because of pain and loneliness, longing for those who have passed away. Be encouraged because our Lord Jesus still comes to us and comfort us through His Word and Spirit. The Lord is present today. And the Lord is present in every situation of our life and death. And He's personally busy with the Word of Encouragement. So therefore be strong, be encouraged, because you serve a risen Savior who conquered even death. Be courageous, we still have work to do. Therefore we can see in faith how our Lord and Savior encourages us. These were all military terms. Christian soldiers. As a general encouraging his troops. And someone wrote, when you are attacked, do not flinch. Maintain your ground, resist, press forward, strike home, keep compact, conquer, be strong. If one company or division be opposed by too great a force of the enemy, strengthen that division. Maintain your position, summon up all your courage, sustain each other, fear not, for fear will weaken you. Be encouraged. Be courageous. Act like men. How should we do this, we may ask? How can we be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong? What should our tactic be to do all these things, to proclaim the gospel? And Apostle Paul answered as well. Let all that you do be done in love. That's our tactic. Let all that you do be done in love. Love was his sermon of 1 Corinthians 13. Love is still his answer and encouragement to the church and their task to proclaim the gospel, to be watchful, firm, and to act courageously. Do you remember what love is? So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest because love is what God is, Father, Son, and Spirit. Love has been the motive for all the actions of God, why we were saved, why God gave His Son. Also to fulfill the requirements of God's justice and wrath. And love is the basis of our relationship with Him. In the love of Jesus Christ, who is love as well, that's God's nature. We are also willing to die for God and our neighbor in love as Christ did. In love, we abide in God. In love, we obey His commandments. John 15. And through the love of Christ, the way of love, and through the Holy Spirit, that which is broken can be made whole again. That's your tactic. Even broken relationships, marriages, Broken people. 
through Jesus, people can be unified in faith because you love one another, don't want to lose one another. In love, we can be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. That was Paul's sermon. And after this exhortation, Paul continued with the practical arrangement. A few things that he wanted to say first, because love is also to take care of one another. That's why he said these things. In love, Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaius should be subjected as leaders and recognized. That's a biblical principle as well. Be subjected to your leaders. And lastly, the Apostle Paul concluded with the main idea of 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord, come. Paul concluded with the reason we are church. The highest gift we have received. And the highest gift is the believing in Jesus, confessing Him as our Lord and Savior. And we can only do this through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord. It's the confession that brings life to the believer. And this is the most important, what we can do. Most important to confess that Jesus is Lord. That brings life. And this emphasizes our unity in word and spirit. And so Paul summarizes in this chapter the whole letter of the first Corinthians. What he has taught us over the last year so far. And he said, goodbye dear congregation. May the grace of God be with you. My love with you all in Christ Jesus. He said, I have written this with my hand. And this revealed much of his heart of love, even though he had to rebuke the Corinthians sometimes. Many times, strongly. But the motivation was Paul's love for both Jesus and his church that made him such a great apostle. Love expressed through humble service make us great in the kingdom of God. Humble service through love. Love make us watchful, firm in our faith, and courageous. And Paul said, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Let us always be our prayer, as it was Paul's. Come Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this concluding word in 1 Corinthians 16. And we pray that we will be watchful firm in our faith, courageous. But above all, Lord, that the love of our Lord Jesus Christ will be evident in our lives. Father, we pray that your congregation will be obedient to your word alone and that they will follow our Lord Jesus Christ in word and deed. Be obedient to his word. Lead us through your spirit. Lastly, Lord, we pray like Paul. Come, Lord Jesus. In his name alone. Amen.